The reading this morning is from Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 through 21. It's Ephesians 5, 15 to 21. Be very careful, then, how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Let's start with a show of hands this morning. How many people saw the Northern Lights on Thursday night? The Northern Lights. Did anybody stay up late? No, not too many. You missed out. It was great. Uh, Alicia and I were driving home from uh, the grocery store at like 9.30 at night, and I, and I vaguely sort of noticed something out of the side window of the car. We thought, that looks like the Northern Lights. So we went to check it out. And as we drove out of, Winnip- uh, out of Winnipeg, I was reminded again about this concept of, of like urban light pollution. Um, I knew about this, but it just became so clear on, on Thursday. You know, I wanted to show you a couple of pictures. Uh, this is like from my house in Winnipeg, like in the backyard. Essentially, there's nothing to see, right? Uh, but then when we drove outside the perimeter to a dark place, I mean, this is what we saw. It's just beautiful. And they're dancing around, and it's really quite amazing. I mean, the difference is, is incredible, right? The, the northern lights were there either way. Like, they were still there when I was at home in Winnipeg, but you couldn't see them because of all the light pollution that's going on. And I couldn't help but think about, you know, how that, that kind of idea relates to the sermon topic this week. Uh, last Sunday, Wayne shared with us an important message about, um, about the Holy Spirit. We learned about seven different ways that the Holy Spirit can benefit us in our lives today. And this morning, I want to build off of what we started last Sunday and and dig into the how question. Given all these amazing things that the Holy Spirit can do, you know, how do we make our hearts open to his benefits that he wants to give us? The scriptures are going to reveal to us today that there are indeed things that we can do in our lives to create the right conditions for the Spirit to fill us up. And it's kind of like trying to see those northern lights. This isn't my picture, by the way. Um, it's, it's kind of like trying to see those northern lights, though, right? We, we have to get the conditions right. And if we don't have the right conditions, we're not going to experience Him in the same way. Uh, And just to be clear, I mean, God is the one who fills us with his spirit. He is the only one who can fill us. But we also, all of us, have a responsibility to partner with him in that process and maintain the right conditions in our hearts so that he can fill us up. And this morning, I want to look at this amazing passage from Ephesians 5 that Soren just read and highlight some of the ways that we uh, can open our lives to the filling of the Holy Spirit. 
Our passage draws attention to this idea right away, you know, in, in the first verse there, verse 15, getting our hearts right. You know, it, it says that we need to be careful in how we walk. And then in verse 18, the scripture launches into this incredible concept of being filled with the Spirit. It's such an important idea, and it's one of the major themes. Oh, sorry. My headset's falling off here. It's one of, this idea of being filled with the Spirit is, is one of the major themes in the book of Ephesians. This, this idea of leaving behind an old way of life and really embracing the reality of our new life in Jesus Christ. It's a new way of life where our old behaviors and our old attitudes are being transformed by God who's working in us through His Spirit. Paul illustrates this with this analogy, this powerful analogy of being drunk, which is it's pretty incredible that he uses this analogy, but it it's powerful, right? It makes sense. When you see a drunk person, you know that they're being influenced in a, in a really destructive way by the alcohol that's coursing through them. And Paul uses that powerful negative metaphor in a positive sense to explain what it's like to be filled with the Holy Spirit. To put it bluntly, the message is that we should be drunk with the Holy Spirit. You know, meaning that our thoughts, our motives, our actions, they're all being controlled and influenced by Him as He changes our lives for the better. It's a powerful idea. But does it describe your life today? What is your life like? Are are you being influenced by the Spirit? Are you under the influence of God working in you through His Holy Spirit? I normally try not to go, sorry, I normally try not to go too much into the weeds um, with the Greek stuff <laughs> because I know it's kind of academic and boring. But in this case, I wanted to uh, highlight a couple of things that are really important because they bring this passage to life. Uh, there are some things that just don't come across so well in the English language all the time. And so I wanted to point these things out to you. First of all, when the Bible says, be filled with the Spirit, that verb there, be filled, it's a passive verb, which means that it's something that someone else is doing to you, and it's not something that you're doing for yourself. In other words, we can't fill ourselves with the Holy Spirit. That's something that only God can do to us. But with that said, it's also an imperative verb in the Greek, which means that it's a command. We're being commanded to be filled with the Spirit. In other words, it's God who does the filling, but we still have a role to play in that filling process, you know, of getting our conditions of our hearts right for God to fill us. Thirdly, the verb is also in a, in a Greek present tense, which suggests that it's an ongoing action. It suggests that being filled with the Spirit is it's not just like a one-time deal. It's an ongoing thing. It's an ongoing action. So essentially, we're being called here to maintain the right conditions in our lives so that God can keep pouring into us with His Holy Spirit, right? I hope that makes sense. The second thing I wanted to point out from the Greek is also related to that verb that we've been talking about, the be filled part. The Greek verb has a grammar link in it, a grammar link that connects it with these five activities that come afterwards. 
that they're highlighted in blue there on the screen, those five things. In other words, the Bible is telling us that these activities are related to the command to be filled with the Spirit. So, bottom line, uh, end of the Greek lesson, uh, what this is saying is that when we address one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, that is related to being filled with the Holy Spirit. When we sing and make melody in our heart to God, that is related to being filled with the Holy Spirit. When we give thanks to God in the name of Jesus Christ, that's related to being filled with the Spirit. And when we submit to one another out of reverence to Christ, that's also related to God filling us with His Holy Spirit. The question that isn't answered by the Greek is whether these activities are occurring because someone's already filled with the Holy Spirit or if engaging in the activities themselves will prepare our hearts and make our hearts in the right place for God to fill us with his spirit. Or it might be both. I think it is. Um, But because it's a command here, you know, it means that there is something for us to do, right? And so I believe the Bible is telling us to do these four things here so that our hearts can be ready for God to fill us with his Holy Spirit. It's like that illustration of the northern lights again, right? Like we need to get the right conditions in order to experience their beauty. It has to be nighttime. We have to drive outside the perimeter, etc., etc. And in the same way, these four things here, these four conditions are things that we can do so that our hearts are in the right place to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And I don't know about you, but I'm motivated to do this because of what we talked about last week. The Holy Spirit offers so much to us. And so today, I want I want us to really take this to heart. You know, we'd be crazy not to do everything we can to prepare our hearts for God to fill us with His Holy Spirit. So today, I want to go through these four things with you. And talk about what we can do to condition our hearts to be filled with the Spirit. The first one is that we need to speak about God or speak spiritually. Being filled with the Spirit is related to how much we talk about spiritual things, which kind of makes sense. And hopefully this can be a chance for you and I uh, to examine ourselves this morning. You know, after we're finished with our worship service today, We're going to have some time to talk to other Christians. Or maybe later this week, we'll have another opportunity to talk with some Christians again. What will our conversations be about? Hopefully, there's going to be some room for some spiritual dialogue in those conversations. If our lives are going to be filled with the Spirit, our conversations also need to be filled with spiritual things. If God is transforming us into a new person through His Spirit, that means that our conversations should also be transformed and be different from the way of life that we left behind. I love the list of things uh, that Paul gives here because they describe someone whose mind is just totally saturated with spiritual ideas. This is someone who's filled with the Spirit to the point that when they're talking, they just can't help but say the words of scriptures that are running through their minds or lines from a hymn that they've been singing and thinking about. Their mind is filled with these concepts, and so they speak about them with other Christians. It's very similar to what it 
what it says here in Colossians 3. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your heart to God. I love that language. The word of Christ dwelling richly among us. You know, it's a description of a group of people whose conversations are just saturated in spiritual discussion. An environment where concepts from God's word are being shared by people who are really trying to follow Jesus together. When we open our minds to spiritual concepts in this way, God can really fill us with his spirit through the lives of our brothers and sisters as we talk about spiritual things together. And if this environment is going to exist among us here, it needs to start with you and me filling our minds with spiritual concepts. Maybe this is a good time to plug our new congregational reading plan. For those who don't know, we just finished reading through the Bible, as Richard mentioned in our announcements. We, we finished it, uh, reading through the whole Bible in a year. And we're about to start again, April 1st. If you're waiting or if you've been waiting for an opportunity to read God's word with a group of other people to get your mind in his word on a daily basis, now is your chance to start. Everyone is invited to join and we're planning to read through the Bible again starting April 1st, like I said, but this time we're going to read it over a two year period. So we have a little bit more time to slow down and really soak in the message. We're using an app to help us stay on track with this. And it also allows us to share what we're learning with each other as we go. And it's a great way to engage in these sort of spiritual conversations that the Bible is telling us about here. And, if, and by the way, if you don't have a smartphone, you can still read with us. We made a paper calendar that you can follow along with in your paper Bible. So you can do that too. And if you want more information, just see the bulletin about that or talk to me after. You know, this is just one way, this reading together, filling our minds with God's word is one way that we can begin to have these spiritual concepts in our conversations. And according to our scripture reading today, these things, when we're talking about them, they help to open our minds for God to fill us with his spirit. And I just want to challenge everyone here and myself included just to have one spiritual conversation this week with a brother or sister in Christ. Share something you read from the Psalms. Share a line from a worship song that you've been singing and you just have in your heart. I'm sure that God will pour into us as we direct our conversations towards him. Okay, so the next thing that the passage talks about here that's connected with God filling us with the Spirit is this, this singing and making melody uh, to the Lord with our heart. I got to tell you, this is so important. I'm grateful that we're a congregation who values singing because we see here that it's more than just something that we do for fun, right? It's literally connected with how God fills us with his Holy Spirit. I mean, how amazing is that? Do you ever think about that when you're singing? That you're opening your life for God to just fill you with his Spirit. It causes us to reflect, though, doesn't it? Are you taking advantage of that opportunity? Are you taking the opportunity to connect with God through song so that he can actually fill you? When you're here on Sunday morning and we stand to sing, are you singing? 
Do you sing to God through the week? If not, you're missing out on one of the most important opportunities to connect with Him. And of course, when we're talking about singing, we can't miss out this part that the Bible describes about the heart. It says that we have to sing with our heart. We really need to put our heart into it. This should really cause us to examine ourselves and what we're doing when we're singing and praising God together. I've heard this idea expressed about prayer as well. You know, when we're praying, we shouldn't say a prayer. We should pray a prayer. You know, it's something that involves our heart. We put ourselves into it, making an effort to connect to God. And that's the same thing with our singing, too. You know, sure, we can just sit there or stand there, go through the motions. Maybe we mouth the words, but our our mind is somewhere else. We're not concentrating on what we're doing. But that's not singing with your heart. We need to sing and make melody with our heart to God. Jesus pointed out this critical idea in John 4:24 when he said, "God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth." Our worship to God cannot be described as just going through the motions or checking off boxes on a list of things that we know we ought to do. I'm sorry, but that's not worship. Worship is a spiritual activity. And it truly needs to engage us in a spiritual way. It's like what it says in James 4, 8. James says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. I think this describes this concept so well. You know, God wants to fill us with his spirit, but he's not going to force himself on us. We get to choose if we want to draw near to him or if we're going to pass up that opportunity. If we want to experience the beauty of being filled with the Holy Spirit, our scripture makes it clear to us that we need to be singing, singing with our hearts fully engaged. That's a big part of it. Okay, so the next thing that we can do here uh, to open our lives to the Spirit is by giving thanks to God. And this is one that's just so important as well. So much of our attitude... And outlook on life really depends on where we allow our minds to dwell. This is such important advice from the Bible, but I think sometimes this is one of our biggest challenges. I know I'm I'm speaking for myself here. You know, so much of the world around us is focused on the negative, on how we've been wronged, or the bad news on TV, or how we don't have all the things we quote-unquote deserve, right? It allows our minds to go into a very negative space. And if we allow our minds to be flooded with these things, it's a recipe for bitterness. And it's not going to bring us closer to God. It's kind of like this picture. I like this picture. Somebody sent it to me a while ago. You know, if you allow yourself to look at everything from a negative perspective, everything is going to look like negative. It's going to look like bad news. But if you allow yourselves... (laughs) To see it from a different perspective, you know, you might see something beautiful that you didn't see before. Brothers and sisters, that different perspective is the difference between bitterness and thankfulness. The Bible doesn't leave anything out here either, and I I love this, even though it's very difficult. Now look what it says. We are called to give thanks always and for everything. (laughs) It doesn't leave much out, right? 
We're called to be thankful even in the hard situations in our lives. And maybe especially when we're going through difficult situations, this command will make the biggest difference for us. I want you to hear this next part. You know, if, because this is, it's so important what it's saying here. If, if we thank God for everything, God will become present in everything, in every part of our lives. And we need that. You know, we can find Him in every circumstance when we give thanks in every circumstance. And we need Him in every circumstance. God wants to fill us with His Holy Spirit. But if we're too bitter or if we're too negative, we turn away from His presence in the times when we need Him the most. You know, maybe you and I can put this into practice this week as we find ourselves in a hard situation. Maybe when we're in that hard situation, we can just slow down and think about how we can find something to be thankful for. I know that's tough, right? I'm not saying it's easy, and I know we're going to feel like freaking out probably, but let's try to be thankful, and I know that God is going to do something with that in our lives. The last thing that this passage points out here is the part about submitting to one another. It's an attitude of humility that's just so necessary for us if we're going to open our lives to the Holy Spirit. And the reason that we need to submit to one another is out of reverence for Jesus. I remember when I was in elementary school, I used to look up to the older boys, right? You know, I was trying to be like them. I admired them. I revered them, you could say. And I'm sure everyone has had a similar story to this in their lives where you just see somebody and there's something in their life that you really admire and you want to imitate them. And it's the same thing when it comes to our reverence for Christ. You know, if we revere Him, if we have this sort of healthy fear for Jesus or a respect for Him, we want to be like Him. We see how He came from heaven to serve humanity. You know, He got down on His knees. He washed people's feet. He spent time with the lowly and the sick and the lame people in society. He put others before Himself. And our scripture today is telling us that we need to imitate Him in the way we treat our brothers and sisters. This is an attitude that we need to cultivate in our hearts So God can fill us with his Holy Spirit. Because guess what? If we're too full of ourselves, there's not going to be any room left for him to fill us up with his spirit. We need to empty ourselves. I love that attitude. And and I love the way that uh, John the Baptist expressed it in the Gospel of John here. He says, John the Baptist says, he must become greater, speaking of Jesus, and I must become less. To me, this just paints the perfect picture of an attitude that we need to have. If we have to win, you know, or if we have to hold on to our pride, if we have to put ourselves first, we're going to be preventing God from filling us with His Spirit. We need humility instead. We need submission for each other. We need to submit to our brothers and sisters and serve them. Really, what we need to do is just imitate Jesus. This is the attitude that is going to allow the Holy Spirit to really transform our hearts to be more like Christ. I love how this is described in 2 Corinthians. 
It says the Lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all who are being un- uh, who with unveiled faces contemplates the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the spirit. Such a beautiful passage about what the Holy Spirit wants to do in our lives about how the Holy Spirit wants to transform us into the image of Jesus. The Holy Spirit can free us from our pride, but we have to partner with Him in that work by humbling ourselves and submitting to others. When we allow Him to fill us in this way, He will begin to transform our lives and help us to become more like Jesus, uh, more able to submit to our brothers and sisters. Okay, going back to our text, I think this part of submission should be a point of great self-reflection for all of us. What is your submission like in the different areas of your life? How is it going in your marriage? How is it going in your family? Do you try to do what's best for others or are you your own priority? (laughs) These are hard things to think about. How about work or at school? Are you known as a servant where you are? Or are you known as someone who demands service from others? How about in the church? Do you see yourself as better than other people? Or do you follow Jesus' example and lower yourself so that others can be built up? Being filled with the Holy Spirit is for our good and for the good of the people around us. But to experience those blessings... We need to lay down our pride and submit ourselves to our brothers and sisters. And so I want to start, I want to end off where we started here in verse 15. It says that we need to be careful to live our lives in a wise way because we're surrounded by evil influences that are trying to pull us away from God, pull us away from who God wants us to be. God has given every Christian his Holy Spirit. But our scripture today reveals that we also have a choice. We need to choose whether or not we're going to welcome his presence or push him away by the way we live. We get a choice. And it's a choice that we need to make every day. It's a choice that we need to make today. We can either be controlled by our sinful nature or we can be controlled by the Holy Spirit. And the Bible uses that strong metaphor here about being drunk on wine. You know, we've all seen people do stupid things, stupid and damaging things when they allow alcohol to control them. In just the opposite way, though, and for the good, the Holy Spirit can control us to change our lives into the way that God wants them to be. We need to be drunk on the Spirit And the ways that we can drink him in, to use the metaphor, into our lives are the ways that we've been talking about this morning. And so the question that each of us have to answer is, you know, am I drinking him in? It's also important to see that there's a community aspect built into this as well. Two of these four things that we talked about today can only be done with other Christians. We can only have spiritual conversations with one another if we are with one another. And we can only submit to one another 
if we are with one another. I point this out because it's just too easy, I think, for us to say, well, I'm just going to go off by myself and I'm going to just sit with God and he's going to fill me with his spirit. You know, that's just not the way it works, according to this passage. It's clear that this work happens when we are living in community with each other, when we're serving and growing together. The Holy Spirit will fill us when we live out our faith in this community. And so the question remains, you know, are you allowing yourself to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Or are you refusing Him? These four things that we've talked about today can help us answer that question pretty easily, I think. And I hope that you've been able to reflect on that today. Are you engaged in spiritual uh, conversations with your brothers and sisters? Are you really singing with your heart when you're praising God? Are you focused on being thankful for the things in your life? And do you put others ahead of yourself as you try to imitate Jesus? These are the things, brothers and sisters, that will help us prepare our hearts and get the right conditions going for us to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So if you're listening to this today and you realize that maybe things are way off track right now for you, I hope that you'll come and talk to me. Or maybe another Christian that you trust. You know, Wayne pointed out last week that the Holy Spirit is literally like a lifeline, a spiritual lifeline for us. The Holy Spirit is the difference maker in our struggle with sin. And there's just really not much we can talk about that's more important than whether or not we are walking with the Spirit every day. Whether or not we're allowing Him to transform us and fill our lives. And if you know that this is an area that you need to work on, make it a priority, please. Come and talk to me if you need help. I'd love to help anyone with that. And if you're in a position today when, where you know that you haven't yet given your life to Jesus, you need to know that there is sin in your life that is preventing God from dwelling in you with this Holy Spirit that's so critical. The Bible says that when we put our faith in, in Jesus, when we become baptized into his name, that God wipes out our sins, that we're forgiven. And because of that forgiveness, he comes to live within us through his Holy Spirit and begins transforming our lives into the image of Christ. If you haven't taken that step yet to put your faith in Jesus, we can help you with that today. Just please come and, and talk to us about that. Thank you so much for your time this morning.